Okay. Good morning. Are the sheets away? Are the sheets are around? Huh? Yeah, oh, they're over there. Okay. It's good to see everyone. The um, uh, topic of names does not appear in the Shulchan Aruch, surprisingly, even though it figures quite prominently into the, uh, into the Tanakh, into the Chumash, and of course into subsequent uh, rabbinic literature. But perhaps if we understand uh, what the nature and the importance of names is in the first place, uh, perhaps we'll glean some kind of understanding, perhaps why it does not appear in the Shulchan Aruch and how that, uh, that also does not diminish, nonetheless, its, uh, its significance and its uh, importance. In this week's parish, of course, we're told how Leah and, uh, and uh, the, the, the Shvachos named all and Rachel named, uh, named their children. Most of the Shvatim's names are found in this week's parasha. And of course, the, their names seem to be given by their mothers, which seems to imply that the, uh, that the, uh, that the, the, the rights, uh, the naming rights are given uh, specifically uh, to the mother. However, in parashas Vayeshev, uh, the Torah tells us that when Yehuda has two children with Tamar, so the Pesach says, Vatahar over here, always beis, Vatahar bein, Vayikra Shemoy Er. Vayikra, of course, is in the masculine, implying that Yehuda is the one who gave him that name, the first name, and then the next Pesach is, Vatahar Oin Vatahar bein, Vatikra Shemoy Oinon. That was Tamar, is the one who called him Oinon. So the second name uh, was given, um, no, I'm sorry, this is in his first marriage. In the first marriage, Yehuda's first son, he was the one who named it, and then his wife is the one who named uh, the second son. So the Dazi Kenemi Baliatosis comments from here implies that the naming rights, at least of the first child, is given to the father, and then they switch off intermittently. Uh, you know, that uh, the mother is the one who gets the second child, and then the third child would be given to the father again. That's uh, the Dazi Kenemi infers from that, uh, from that Pasuk. And the truth of the matter is, in this week's parasha also, there's one name of the Shvatim that's not given by the mother, it's rather given by Yaakov Avinu. Anyone know? There's one Sheva that's named by Yaakov Avinu. Not named by the mother. Leah gives her names. Bilazilpa, they give their names. Rachel gives the name Yosef. One is named by Yaakov Avinu. That's the name uh, Levi, where the Pasuk says, Vayikra uh, Shmo Levi. His name was called Levi, even though Leah has her own reason. Hapami Laveni Ishi. She hopes that this time Yaakov Avinu will actually uh, they'll deepen their relationship. However, the name is, uh, is given by someone in the masculine, which implies that it was Yaakov Avinu who is the one who gives uh, the name. So Yaakov Kamenetsky explains that that really doesn't uh, contradict the rule that the Dazi Kenemi Balitosis derives from Parashat Vayeshev, because perhaps the naming rights specifically uh, uh, to the, that, that are given to the father uh, corresponds to the Bechar, the one who will fulfill and carry on his role and legacy. So the Bechar was generally assumed to be the one who would carry on his mission. So that's why the, name, the naming rights were given to the father, specifically of the Bechar. However, which one of the Shvatim later on would take on, would carry on the mission of Yaakov Avinu, was uh, Shevet Levi. And the Rambam writes in Paragraph of Hilchus of Adizah Gimel, the Rambam that uh, Yaakov Avinu designated Levi as such. He knew that he would be the child who would go on to serve and perform the Avodah in the Beis HaMikdosh. And that's why he named him Levi, based on the post in Parashas Karech, Vilavu Alecha Visharsucha, he will be the one to accompany Klaus Yisrael into the base of Mikdash to bring their carbonus and to help them in serving Hashem. So perhaps that's what Rabbi Yaakov suggested. And Mr. Yaakov, the naming rights of at least uh, not the, in this week's parasha, the Bechar, but it was Shevet Levi was given to Yaakov Avinu. So that implies, again, that the naming rights for the first child, the Bechar, should be given to the father. The next child is, uh, is given to the mother. The Ben Ishchai goes so far in his commentary on Parsha Shoftim, and he claims that that's why, I mean, it's hard to say these things, but the Ben Ishchai says that that's why Aaron's two children died. Another Ben Avihu, because the first child was Nadav, who was named after uh, Aaron's wife was Elisheva, whose father was uh, uh, Aminadav. So the first child was named after her father. Nadav was the derivative of Aminadav. And the second child was Avihu, 
which was named after uh, Aaron's uh, father, Amram. Avihu, this is my father. So the Ben Ishchai said, since they violated the protocol, in that uh, the first name was given to the mother, and uh, the second name was given to the father, so that's why uh, the children died, because they violated this protocol. And that's the protocol that continues to be observed by the Svaradim, Svaradish communities. The first name is given to the father's side of the family, the second name to the mother's side of the family, and then they switch back and forth. In Ashkenazi communities, that's not the assumption. We generally follow what it says in Parshish uh, Vayetze, that the mother is the one who is given the, the first name. Here it's Leah who's giving the first name. So that implies that the mother gets the, the rise to the first uh, name, Parshish Vayeshev, uh, notwithstanding. And there are many reasons that are suggested. She's the one who gave birth to the child, right? Uh, so that's, that's a good reason to give her the name. Usually the parents are the ones, the first child is usually born somewhere close to the wedding, maybe. So then the parents just finished, the girl's parents traditionally paid for a larger part of the wedding, so they, they should have the naming rights. Or the Nadunya, maybe they're the ones who are supporting the couple more heavily, <coughs> so they should get the naming rights. All different reasons that are given why perhaps the girl should get the first naming rights. Uh, Rabbi Yaakov suggests maybe the mother understands the, the nature of the baby better than the father. So there are many reasons why perhaps the mother should get the first naming rights in the different minhagim in different communities and everyone should observe the minhagim the most important thing is that everyone should emerge happy but what, what is uh, striking in Parshas uh, Vayetze is that all of the names of course are different and re- reflect uh, different um, uh, hopes and aspirations that they had at the time that they were born but also go on to reflect what is the, the destiny uh, of each child and that is uh, typical of the names that are found in Tanakh we almost never find the name that is repeated and they uh, typically identify or, or, or foreshadow to something that will later on occur in their life. So let's say, um, uh, you know, Chaya was called Chaya, Ki Haisaim Kochai. That would be her mission. Or Peleg was named Peleg, as the Pasuk says, Ki Biyamav Nifuga. All right, Avram Avinu's name is changed to Avraham, Avraham Goyim. Or Yehuda, Hapam Odeh Hashem, was not only Leah, now had Akar Satov to Akarish Baruch, but Yehuda would go on to be Maidala Emes in his encounter with Tamar, and then his descendant would be David, who would uh, sing Hodol, and Shiros, and praising Hashem. So this would not only uh, define their, the, what would take place during their lifetime, but perhaps foreshadow the things that would take place later on, and that was typical of names that are found in Tanakh. The Zoya Kaddish actually says that that's why the name of Yermiyo was the one who was Mekainen about the Chorim Beis Hamikdash, was Yermiyo, because in his name is Mar is bitter, and uh, it was also, it, uh, it uh, was a Ramimus, it raised the Midas Hadin during the time of the Jewish people. And Yeshayahu, who, uh, who was Menave, who prophesied about the, the Gula Sida, his name was Yeshayahu, which was related to the word Yeshua of salvation, because he's the one who foretold about, about Yeshua. So these na- their person's name uh, in Tanakh at least represents uh, the, their, uh, their mission in life, and ultimately perhaps what will foreshadow to their, to their, to their purpose in the future. And that's uh, typical. The Kedusha Arim writes that that's what a name represents, is a person's uh, core essence. And that's why Avram Arishan called his wife Chava, Kiyai Saim Kochai, and over here, always give the Kedusha Arim writes that a, person, a name represents a person's essence. They quote in the name of the Baal Shem Tev also that that's why uh, we call it the shame, is because a Nishama is a person's essence, right? That's a more important part of himself. And what's the core of his essence? What's the middle letters of the word Nishama? Nun, Shin, Mem, and He is shame. A shame represents a person's core essence. His mission, uh, his mission in life is, re- is represented by his name. Uh, Radak actually says, Rabbeinu Bachyam Parshas, 
Bereshis, that that was the godless of Adam Arishan, and calling names to all of the creations in the world, he was able to identify and distill their core mission of every animal, of every, of every entity uh, within the world. So a name represents a person's core mission, and that's why different figures in Tanakh all had different names, because everybody has a different uh, core mission. And when that name was given, it was given with that, uh, with that, uh, with that mission and foreshadowing to what would later uh, occur in the future. It was given with all of that uh, in mind. However, that was true in the times of the Tanakh. Is that, uh, and that's true, by the way, it's, we'll get to in a second, that's true uh, also now, a person's name, to a certain degree, represents uh, his core mission. That's why it's a minig, many have at the end of Shemona Esrei, it's based on a Rashi and Micha, but this Rashi and Micha is found in the brackets, so it's probably not, Rashi was probably added by some, some, uh, some later editor. However, Rashi writes in Micha, commenting the Pasuk, V'soshia Yeresh Shemecha, that uh, Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, will see your name. But it also implies a language of salvation that a person should never forget his name. <coughs> says, if a person forgets his name, he'll never make it into Gan Eden. He'll be stuck uh, languishing in, in Gehenim if you forget your name, which means if a person forgets his core mission in life, every person has a tachlis and a tafkid. So that's why Rashi says in Micha, it's later found in the Shlach, Kodesh, the Reishis Chachmo. Also, is a minute gift for a person to say a pasuk that uh, alludes to his name, either begins and ends with the same letters as his name or mentions the name explicitly in order so that the person should remember his core mission in life. So a name represents our core mission, and at the times of the Tanakh, when the Nevuah was present, and a person would be able to foreshadow through Ruach HaKadosh what his name ultimately would, uh, would signify for him. So names were given, uh, different names were given for different individuals corresponding to their specific mission in life. However, the Medrash notes already that in the, in the times of the Tanakh, that might have been the case, but in, uh, certainly within Chazal, we have names that are repeated. We have names that are found from earlier uh, individuals, and we no longer have uh, the same kind of individual. You know, we have names that reflect uh, not, not only uh, a person's core mission, but already is, uh, is, it seems to be mirroring other individuals. So the Medrash comments on this, Since in the times of the Tanakh, when they had Ruach HaKodesh, they were able to give a name that would correspond to a person's right, core mission and would foreshadow to that mission. And every person has a unique mission, so they all had unique names. We no longer have access uh, to the same degree to Ruach HaKodesh. So now we call a name based on parents and grandparents or tzaddikim. Uh, that's how we give our names, and that's why we find names that aren't as original, we find names that are repeated. Does that mean it's only for the benefit of the child? Is that also for the benefit of the person uh, who you're naming after them? So the Gemara implies, the Chaim Kenevsky quotes this Gemara Masechus Ma'id Katan, that seems to imply that it's also for the benefit not only of the child who you're giving the name, let's say you name him after a tzaddik, we'll have to explain the benefit of that in a second, but it also uh, helps the person, or is a, is a chus for the person who you're naming after them. Because the Gemara says, Masechus Ma'id Katan, Reb Chanin didn't have any children. So he, he davened excessively, and he was like, I could have a child. But on the day that the child was born, tragically, that was the day that he died. He died. Sigmar says, So they call this child Chanan. So it sounds like that's somehow a fulfillment of his bakasha, that he should have children. At least the child should be named for him. So it sounds like that's somehow, uh, you know, a nachas ruach, 
for the person who already passed away to have a child named after you. So it sounds like that's that's a, that's a benefit, but it also, as we'll see in a second, is a benefit certainly uh, for the child to be named after a great child, to be named after someone who we would like to emulate. And that's based on the Gemara Masechus Brachos over here at Davzayin Mabez, where the Gemara says, uh, we'll get back to Rus in a second, Amr Abulazar, Look at the wonders of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, who has performed uh, destruction in the world when he punishes Rishoyim. But the Gemara comments, Al-Tikrei, Shamos el Shamos, not meaning destruction, like Shamaim, but rather Shamos meaning names. That Hashem sees some Shamos Baretz, a Kaddish Baruch Hu places names uh, in this world. So the Gemara derives from here, on the, the end of the first line, you see from here that the name causes uh, a certain result, brings about a certain result uh, by virtue of the name. The name has significance, the name causes a certain result, and that's why Kaddish Baruch is the one who's mashgiach somewhat over the names. In fact, the Gemara says in Masechus Yuma, over here, Oistes, Rabbi Meir, Havidaik Bishma. Rabbi Meir would infer from a person's name what his, uh, the nature of his personality was. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yaisi, Lo Havidaik Bishma, which is interesting too. They did not engage in this uh, in this kind of speculation, which we'll have to see why. So, but they once all came to visit by someone's house. So he asked him, "What's your name?" He said his name is Kidor. So Amar Shmaminov, or may I refer from there that the person is a Russia. Why? Because Kidor is a reference to the Pasuk in Parashas Hazinu. Kidor Tapuchos Hema. They're living in a wayward times. Uh, where things uh, where things are unethical and uh, and the, the values have been corrupted, so you could tell from his name Kedar that he was uh, that that name alluded to uh, to times of uh, of uh, of, uh, of uh, immorality. So it must be that this person was a Russia. So clearly the name has significance, uh, as the Gemara says, under But what does that mean that the name has? Right, we no longer have Ruach Hakodesh. The Gemara says we can't uh, prognosticate. We can't. Uh, have premonitions about what's going to occur, to therefore give a person an appropriate name to his ultimate destiny and fate. But therefore, we named after great tzaddikim or after, after parents who, uh, who, uh, who uh, ostensibly we want to emulate. So the Gemara says, and that has significance. We know on the Shmagarim. It causes something. But what does that mean? Does that mean the name brings about a certain result? I mean, we can understand it as uh, one of two ways. I hate to use yeshiva jargon, but it could either be a siba, meaning when you give a name, that itself is what generates the result. Or it could be a simon, that uh, the name, even though we no longer have Ruach HaKodesh, you know, somehow manages to become a reflection of who the person ultimately was destined uh, to become. So the, the more obvious way, and to be honest, that's what the Gemara implies, Shema Garim means that the name causes, the name is the one that generates a certain result, is that that's what brings about the person to have this kind of personality is by virtue of the name that they were given. And in fact, that's the implication also, not only of the simple language of the Gemara, not only the Shema Garim, but of the Medrash Tanchuma. The Medrash Tanchuma says over here, A person should be careful in the name that he gives his children to make sure that he gives them a name that's appropriate to be a Tzadik. The name can bring about a positive result, or it can bring about uh, an opposite result. And in fact, the Medrash goes on to, uh, to assert that all of the Miraglim only spoke Lashon about Eretz Yisrael because they were given names that led them towards that, uh, to, that led them to, to act in that fashion. The first, the Medrash goes through all of them, we're not going to do that, but the Medrash mentions just the first, the Shamua, Ben Zakur, Al Shalom, Shama, Bedivrei Hamakom. 
He wasn't interested in listening to what Kodesh Baruch Hu told him to enter into Eretz Yisrael. So it was already alluded to it in his name, and that's perhaps what the Medrash implies. Is that's what led him to do that? That's what the Medrash says. Be careful in the names that you give. The Sefer Huh? Could have listened too. Could have listened too. Okay. Sefer Chassidim also says. He also says a name can cause a person to act, uh, you know, positively, or cause a person to act in, uh, you know, in the opposite way. You call him with a positive name, he'll have a positive outcome. Or you can have a name that will lead a person in a different direction. And therefore, if you're naming after a person with positive qualities, negative qualities, when you're giving them the name, you hope that he only adopts the positive qualities and not the negative qualities, because those qualities will be derived from a person's name. The Chsam Sefer goes on to suggest Slam Slaver Pashas Kairach says that Kairach, why did Kairach act in this fashion? The Ben Levi, he came from a wonderful family. What led him to act in this fashion was the fact that he was named Kairach. What kind of name was the name of Kairach in Pashas Vayishach? That's known as uh, the Torah tells us, one of the Alufei Esav, one of the, the, the princes of Esav. So how could he possibly give him the name Kairach? So it says that Slam Slaver's parents, uh, Yitzar, gave him the name Kairach uh, mistakenly. And that's ultimately what led Karach to act in this fashion was the fact that he was given such, a, such an unfortunate name. The Bnei Yisrael suggests in his Mamar Machaydish Nisan that that's why Paro also wanted to change Yosef's name. He gave him the name Tzafnas Paneach. The very next Pasuk, though, refers to Yosef again as Yosef. So Bnei Yisrael says he rejected the name Tzafnas Paneach. He didn't want it. Why did Paro give him a name Tzafnas Paneach, which also sounds Egyptian? All Egyptian names have Pei, Reish, like uh, Potiphar, uh, Shifra, Pua, Ephraim, Paro, or Peresh and Ayin. So Rebekah uh, Kamenevsky makes the point in the Yaakov that these were common uh, letters to be found in Egyptian names. Peresh and Ayin were identifying qualities of Egyptian names. The Bnei Sasa says even more. Bnei Sasa says, no, Paro's name was Paro. Paro wanted everyone in Mitzrayim to be influenced by him, so he called them with names that were similar to him. That's why, uh, you know, like, uh, I guess in Mice in North Korea, he wanted everyone to have the same haircut. So he wanted, uh, Paro wanted everyone to have, huh? Not allowed to have his name, actually. Uh, you know, that he wanted everyone to have names that were similar to him, so he gave them names with, uh, had letters that were similar to his own in order to demonstrate his bylaws, like I name my pet. Why do I name my pet? Because the pet belongs to me. I control the destiny of the pet. So Lahavdio Paro wanted to control the destiny of all those who lived within his country, so he gave them names that were similar to his own, and that's why he perhaps changed the name of, uh, of Yosef also, and that's why Yosef rejected his name, that we're not going to be determined, uh, you know, by the way you define us, which of course gives added significance to Loshino and Shemam. They didn't change their names, meaning they didn't allow their destiny to be defined by power and Mitzrayim. They maintained uh, the destiny of the, of the Jewish people. But all of this implies that Minol and the Shmagarim, that the name brings about or encourages, uh, precipitates a certain uh, result in, uh, in, the, in terms of the actions of, of an individual. However, uh, everyone quotes from the Ari Kodesh. It's found here in the Akdamar Chaim Vital to the Shara Gilguim over here Oisches that uh, every time a parent names a child, the Kaddish Baruch Hu endows him with a certain measure of Ruach Hakodesh, of a divine spirit, to give that name, and that's why a certain name appears in the head of the parents at the time. Some quoting the name of the Vilna going too. That a certain name just you know lodges itself in the head of the parents when they're about to name their child because that uh, represents a kind of Ruach Hakodesh that the parents have to ultimately know what will be the destiny of this child, which again would have to interpret the Gemara and Baruch, it's not that a name is what precipitates a certain result, but rather it's that the name corresponds to what a person's 
uh, destiny and uh, perhaps tendency always was uh, is uh, is uh, endowed in that kind of ruach hakodesh that was given by the parents. The, the problem with that approach is the medrash says explicitly we no longer have ruach hakodesh, so we give names based on you know tzaddikim, where we name after parents who we hope to emulate. So it already implies that we no longer have Ruach HaKadosh. There are those that prove against the Ariyah HaKadosh from the Gemara itself. Because the Gemara says over here in Brachis, back in Zion, in the context of that discussion of names, the names are, are Goyreim. So the Gemara says, My Rus, why was her name Rus? Because ultimately she was going to have David as one of her descendants. Who sang to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bishi Rois, with songs, which conclude with the letters, Reish Vav Tav, She Rois, songs. So that's why her name was Rus, because she would be the mother of the one who would sing songs to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. For a minute, who named Rus? She was a Giyaris. So her Goyesh father named Rus. He had Ruach HaKadosh? The Goyesh father Ruach HaKadosh? She says to Maritzchias on this Gemara, you see that it's not based on Ruach HaKadosh. The name is what precipitates a result. It's a Siba. It's the reason. It's not a Simon. It's not a sign of things that were always destined to happen and the parents had Ruach HaKadosh. It rather is what brings about a certain result, because how could it be that Rus' Rus's father, who was not Jewish, had Ruach HaKadosh to give her the name of Rus? The truth of the matter is, though, the Zayah HaKadosh uh, tells us that her name was not always Rus. That was the name she adopted when she converted. Her name before that, says in the Zayah HaKadosh, was Gilis. Why was her name Gilis? So some say it's because she was from the uh, from uh, Moab, who was a uh, product, of course, of Gilui Arayos, and that's why her name was Gilis, Mayav is Gematria 49, many say 49, they were in the 49th level, the Tachlis of Gilui Arias, what could be more offensive than a father and his daughter, producing a child, so that's why Mayav was 49, the 49th level of Gilui Arias, and that's why her name, she was a product of that relationship, her name was Gilis. So if that's the case, so then uh, this was a new name, so then the Maritzchias' argument really doesn't have that much, uh, that, much, uh, that much traction. But even if we assume that her name always was Rus, uh, there are many who assume her name always was Rus, not like the Zayar Kaddish. That we rejected that. Her name was always Rus. The Marashah writes in Baba Basra and Daf Yudalot, her name was always Rus. If her name was always Rus, how could it be that Dari says that uh, every parent has Rus Ruach HaKadosh when they're giving the name, and that's how it's a premonition of things that are going to come, and that's her name was Rus, because she had a child named David who was going to sing Shiros to Hashem. How could it be her father was a Gaish, her father also had Ruach HaKadosh? So the truth of the matter is that Archaim HaKadosh says the same thing with regards to Moshe Rabbeinu. That it could be. Who's to say, why can't a Gentile father also have Ruach HaKadosh in giving the name? Over here, Oisir Bey is exactly Moshe. So the Pasuk, the Archaim HaKadosh notices a difference in the way that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is given as opposed to the names that we have in this week's parasha and in subsequent parashas uh, earlier in Sefer Bereshis. Because typically when the name is given, I'd say Leah names him, uh, you know, Levi we were discussing before, Hapami Leveni Ishi. So she first says why she's giving the name and then she gives him the name. The name appears at the end of the Pasuk. Kira Hashem Asanyi, that's first, and then the name Reuven. So it's first the reason, then the name. By Moshe Rabbeinu, it's the reverse. The Pasuk says, Vatikra Shemoy Moshe, that Bisyo Basi, the daughter of Paro, called him Moshe, like a justification after the name was given. So Rechaim HaKadosh says, because in Bereshus, they all were Balei Ruach HaKadosh, they first uh, were, therefore, were able to interpret why they were giving the name, then they gave the name. Basi, it just popped into her head. She knew that this had to be the name, 
Moshe, and then she justified it with her own uh, reason. But she knew it had to be the name because she wasn't the Baal Ruach to understand it entirely clearly, but there was a name that got lodged in her head and she felt uh, pulled, you know, the, uh, towards that name. And, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a product of a Kaddish Ruach, it wasn't divine, uh, divinely inspired that she should have that name. So perhaps that's also a precedent for what goes on today, if one will accept that approach, that all parents have a Ruach HaKadosh when they give a name, similar to, you know, uh, Basio or perhaps even Rus, where they didn't really understand all of the ramifications at the time that it was given, but parents get a, head, a name that's lodged in their head, which is a kind of uh, you know, foreshadowing to ultimately be the destiny and the personality uh, of the child. Whether one assumes either approach, whether it's a simon, right, like the Ari HaKodesh, that there's some kind of Ruach HaKodesh, divinely, divine spirit, and why parents give a certain name, or whether, no, it's the name which is Goyrim. The name is what brings about a, a kind of result. Certainly, this does not lock a person into being a certain kind of individual. We all have Bechira to, to, uh, to overcome that. This is just, uh, you know, it gives a person a kind of tendency or a kind of uh, head start. But it doesn't, uh, you know, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's not like it's a foregone conclusion, huh? It means he had a tendency to be a Russia. So that's why... The Taisus Yama Kippur, Manak Gemar Mesechtis Yuma, that's one of the classical Achrayim, the same authors that Kapos Tamar, Mesechtis Sukkah, and the Yom Teruah, and Mesechtis Rosh Hashanah, so Taisus Yama Kippurim writes in that Gemar Mesechtis Yuma, why didn't the other Tanaim darsh in the name Kidar? Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yaisi, they didn't have Ruach HaKadosh? No, because they said it's only a tendency. It's a, it's a, you know, a person is on that path. That doesn't mean he didn't veer from the path. So why should we automatically, uh, you know, judge the person as a Russia just because he has a name which implies as such? So it, the name is important. It does lead a person down a certain path, <clears throat> but it doesn't, of course, it's not an inevitable conclusion. And this point is made by the Medrash Tanhuma, which says, surprisingly, that the name Yishmael was a beautiful name. Shemei Akel, Kodesh Baruch Hu listens. Or the name Esav was a wonderful name. Esav, it's sign Esav. Because Esav was meant to do the will of Hashem. What a wonderful name. So the Medrash says, even though they were given names, we find some people have beautiful names. Yesh b'ni Adam, Sheshmoseim Noim, Umaseim Kurim. And their actions are ugly. So you can have a person with an ugly name who has beautiful actions. You can have a person who has a beautiful name who has ugly actions. So the name is important, you know, the Shema Garim, either as a simon or a Siba, either because it's a kind of premonition the parents have, a foreshadowing towards the future, or because the name itself encourages and uh, leads towards a certain kind of uh, behavior. But of course, that's not inevitable, and a person always has Bechira to, uh, to, to do the opposite. And this point is made explicitly by the Beis Yosef, has a safer on Chumash called the Magi Mesharim, on Parashat Shmois. We write over here, Oisid Dawid, that when a person calls a child Avram, he'll be Naitel Tzadach Chesed. He'll likely be a person who's, who's generous. If you have a child named Yosef, so it'll probably be a Gibel, you know, it'll be a Tzadik, and he'll be able to provide for others. A person has a child, Yaakov, he's more likely to be a Tamil Chacham, like Yaakov, Yaakov, Yishtam, Yeshiva Halim. So the names bring about a certain, or, you know, implant within the child a certain tendency, but of course it's not a foregone conclusion. There are people with beautiful names and ugly actions, people with ugly names and beautiful actions. You know, there's a book, Freakonomics. Uh, my, my son loves the book. But there, there, it tells the story of Robert Lane, who in the 1950s did an experiment with his own child, which of course is never advisable, right? But um, so he named uh, two children he had born some more times, one winner and one loser. You look it up, Freakonomics. So the uh, child, though, who was, a, who was named uh, Loser, 
became an upstanding individual, a police officer, a captain or something. He was a high, highly contributor. He was really a lozo. A lozo, yeah. A <laughs> lozo, never heard that. And the kid who was winner ended up as a criminal in jail. So you see, even though, obviously, a kid named Winner, you would, you would think would lead him towards, uh, towards a, a life of success, it could have just the... Uh, no, that could be because it imposes expectations, right. It could, be, it could be that itself is what led the guy to be a loser. Who knows? <clears throat> but either way, it makes the point that everyone has, of course, a certain tendency that's given by their name, whether it's a simon or a siba, whether it's a premonition the parents have, or it's what leads a person, you know, the name itself is what engenders that kind of activity, but a person always has, uh, has the ability to overcome that. But because the name is important, <clears throat> the Gemara says, Minolan de Shmagar, and the Medrash Tanchuma says, Be careful in the name that you give. Check after the name. Sefer Achsidim says, Be careful in the name that you give, whether it's a Ruach HaKadosh or not. Names are important things. Why is it not found in the Shulchan Aruch? The answer is because it's not a local one way or the other. It gives, it's either advisable, you want to have, have a head start in life? Take the head start by having a good name. You, you want to have you know, start in the back of the line? You can start in the back of the line too. It's not a matter of halacha, but it is uh, advantageous to a child if the parents will, uh, will be careful uh, in the name that they give. That's perhaps why this also doesn't appear in the Shulchan Aruch, but is taken quite seriously by the Paiskim, and that is the Gemara says in Mesechlis Yuma, commenting the Paiskim, say for Mishlei, that the Vishayim Rishoyim Yirkov, that the name of Rishoyim should rot. So, Amar Abelazar, Rekivos, Talo, Bishmaisin, Dlo, Maskinim, Bishmayu. Therefore, we don't give the name of a Russia because we hope that their names no longer uh, persist on. Why? Because a name represents a person's essence, his core mission, and a person who's a Russia is obviously his core mission was to harm the Jewish people. That's why we don't even like to mention the name of Rishayim at all. Reb Chaim Palaji won't, he, he never, who's the author of the Kafa Chaim, has many Svarim. So throughout his Svarim, he refuses to refer to Parshas Karach as Parshas Karach. Because of Parshas Ben Levi. In fact, the tour, it's found earlier, the tour in Parshas Pinchas, there's a Mishpachas HaKarchi. So the tour protests. Why are we calling it Mishpachas HaKarchi? We should call it Mishpachas HaYitzhari, or whatever. Let's go one generation back. Why, why are we mentioning the name of Karach? And that's why David Amelch, already based on the post, can say for Tehillim, well, if you mention the name of Rashi, you're supposed to say, Yimach Shemoy. His name should be obliterated. He's no longer here. Why are we saying his name should be obliterated? What it means is we hope that core mission is no longer you know, mentioned any longer because a person's name represents, uh, represents uh, his core mission. And that's what we hope. Shem, Rishoyim, Yerkov, not only that the name should be gone, but what it means is that the, 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 their mission should, uh, should, uh, should disappear. So if that's the case, it makes a lot of sense that a person should not name his child uh, after a Russia. Yeah? We have to name Yishvah. Oh, we'll get to one second. So Taisus and the Rishonim and that Gemara... Is Shem Yishvah only referring to names of people in Tanakh or even current day people? Like, you know, modern day Rishonim? I would think it's... When we, we just current practices, yeah, we yeah. use it for modern day Rishonim yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. Hitler. Yeah, people say Rishonim. Right. right. The, um, the Rishonim, they'll carve out a few exceptions to this rule. So Taisus already raises that there was a person named Avshalom, even though the Gemara says Avshalom doesn't have a chelik in Ayala Mabo, we shouldn't name someone Avshalom. So he says, no, the name was really Avishalom. So Taisa says if there's any name, the distinction in the way that the name is uh, spelled or pronounced, so then that's not the same name anymore. So if you can change the name, uh, you can change the name slightly, that, that means it's no longer the same name. So that's why uh, the Sefer Chassidim says you're not supposed to name after someone who passed away very young or had a tragic life, because even though it's not the same as Vashem Hashem Yerkov, but why should you name a child after someone who lived uh, a tragic life or died uh, very young? What's called dying very young, so the the, the can have different ages. But Rabbi Moshe says it's certainly not less than you know early fifties. Because Shmuel lived to be in his early fifties, and we named after Shmuel. Shlomo Melech also both died at the age of fifty-two, and yet we name after Shmuel and Shlomo Melech. 
So Moshe writes in the Gros Moshe, as long as a person lived, uh, you know, a full life, you know, he had, certainly if he has anical, you know, so then a person's life wasn't cut short, that wouldn't fall within this entire discussion, but a, but a person who lived a tragic life, so we, uh, we try not to name after people who live tragic lives. So Chaim Kanievsky is quoted as saying, doesn't apply to parents. Parents, children always have the right to name after a parent no matter what. But we shouldn't, uh, the Sefer Chesidim is based on this Gemara. The, the, of course, the name puts a child on a certain path in life, so we shouldn't name after Rishon. We also shouldn't name after a person who, has, uh, who had a tragic life. So because of that, uh, the Yam Shashlema writes, I think in Masech Tashulin, the Yenas was the name Yeshayahu, because Yeshayahu was killed. So you shouldn't name Yeshayahu. Sam Sefer says also not to name Akiva. After Akiva, even though he died in his 80s, because he died tragically, he was put to death. So that's why he says some changed the name to Akiva with a hey. As the Orzarua has his famous dream that Orzarua Tzadik Yisraelay Simcha Safi Tevis Akiva, but Akiva there is spelled with a hey. He had a dream how to spell Akiva, which is a tumult in Hochazgitin, how do you spell Akiva with an alpha or hey? He had a dream of the Pasuk Orzarua Tzadik Yisraelay Simcha. If you look at all the last letters of, the, of that Pasuk, it spells Reb Akiva, but Akiva there is with a hey. So why didn't you spell with an alpha? Because Reb Akiva was killed uh, tragically, so we shouldn't name people uh, Akiva with an alpha. Of course, uh, the Chazanisha's name was Yeshayahu, Avram Yeshayahu, and his father was Makbid that it should be Yeshayahu. And of course, Rabbi Kiva Eger is Akiva and spelled with an Aleph. So now that everyone is, is careful about people who were killed necessarily Al Kiddush Hashem, we name after people certainly were killed in the Shoah. No one ever suggested not to name after, after those who were tragically killed. But this idea floats around. That's why there's someone named Yeshaya instead of Yeshayahu in order to change the name. Where does that come from? If you change the name slightly, we all know it's the same name, or Gedalia. Some people won't take the name Gedalia. Who? Because Gedalia was also killed, Gedalia ben Achikam. So they changed the name slightly, a little bit. Where does that come from? It comes from this Taisus. Taisus says that the name is not Avshalom. It's Avishalom. Ah, so it's a different name. We no longer have the problem. Yeah. I'm sorry? We'll get to that in one second. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah, me, uh, people have it. No, Yeshaya is different. Yeah, yeah. is different because he's called both Yeshaya and Yeshaya. Sometimes it appears as Yeshaya, so right? Right, name. right, right. But if he naming it, let's say grandparent died. Right? But Ramosha recommends Yeshaya. Yeshaya. My parents got that, got that from Ramosha. Yeshaya. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to decree Hashem. The kid father was very good. He wanted to name the kid Yeshaya, and the 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 guy who was giving the name said Yeshaya who. So he said, no, Yeshaya. He said, there's no name Yeshaya. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, These guys didn't yeah, know anything, so, huh? Yeshayahu. Chazanish was Yeshayahu, yeah. 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 So Shevna was also a name of a Russia uh, in Tanakh, in the, in the, uh, the Gemara, he has a Tana who has the name Shevna. So he says, but Shevna was the name of a Russia. So he says, no, but Tysus says there were true, two Shevnas. Yesh Mepharshim at the end of Tysus over there, Ois Tezvav, Tre Shevna Havu. There were two Shevnas. So you see if uh, there's two people who have this name, uh, it, otherwise you can never give him the name Avram. There must have been an Avram who was a Russia. There must have been a Moshe who was a Russia. How can we give the name Avram and Moshe? The answer is because there were other people named Avram and Moshe who we have in mind when you give the name. So you see if there's two people who have this name, one who was, un, you know, we would probably avoid naming after, but one who has a very positive connotation, so then that, 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 that removes the problem as long as you have in mind the person who has a positive connotation. So if Shemba has a truth and the truth is, the truth is, the truth is the truth, comes up all the time. People are asked to name after grandparents. 
parents, let's say, who were not religious, even though they might have been wonderful people and you know, philanthropists and supported the Jewish people in the state of Israel, but if they weren't religious people, it's really not ideal candidates to have a name after them. Um, but it's, you know, the name Shlomo Zalman or the name Shneer Zalman, or you have wonderful, beautiful names. So you can name, you can make everyone happy. You can name, give the name, and if, you know, whoever in the family is demanding such a name, you know, will be satisfied. And you have in mind that it should be the person, you know, Shlomo Zalman Arbach, have in mind Avram Avinu or Moshe Rabbeinu. You can, uh, you can get around all this, because Taisa says if there's people, two people with the same name, and one is a tzaddik and one is a rush, you can still give the name you have in mind, uh, the tzaddik. Huh? Yeah. The Ritva also raises the issue, what about Yishmael? He says, but we find the Rebbe Yishmael, it's found in the Tana and the Mishnah. So he says, no, <coughs> Yishmael did Shuva, so therefore we can give the name Yishmael. And also the name Yishmael was given by the Rebani Shalalam, since it was given by a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So then, of course, we can, uh, we can continue to use, uh, to use such a name. Even though his mission is to, against Jewish people. Yeah, but we, we, the Ritva already says we can use the name Yishmael. I, mean, I haven't heard about it recently. Even those who are naming Nimrod, I never heard Yishmael, but you never know when, uh, why, uh, why not. <laughs> Nimrod is very, unfortunately, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Yeah. So the night of it's terrible. Why? Why would you put your child in such a situation? Omri is also very popular. Strange. So the night of Yehuda, some cipher, <coughs> both noticed that in throughout Tanakh, throughout the Gemara, we rarely find someone who has two names. That everyone only has one name. Where did the, the two names seem to have started? Uh, even after, uh, the, even after the Gemara, we don't find that. So the night of Yehuda says that person Marzutra, you know, uh, but these are these are uh, these are uh, prefixes. These are not two names. Yeah, Lakish, but he wasn't. Uh, yeah, we rarely find with two names in Tanakh, but of course it's become a common custom now. So they're just pointing out. I don't think they're opposed to it necessarily. I don't know why you should be opposed to it, but it makes things more complicated when you get to Hilchas Gidin or Hilchas you know, writing a Ksuba. But it, I don't think that it's uh, anyone is opposed to it. They're just pointing out that this is uh, is a new thing. But when you have two names, so does that mean let's say one of the names is a Russia, but you add a name to it? So does that remove the problem of Hashem Mishoim Yerkov if you add a name to it? Does that mean, is it, is it one plus one and we have, you know, the person really has two names? Or are they, do the two names be blended to become one name? Avram Yitzchak is not the same as Avram or Yitzchak, it's Avram Yitzchak, which is the third name. So they quote in the name of Blazer Silver that he had arrived from the Pasuk that in fact it's, uh, it's considered to be uh, one composite name. Because the Pasuk says in Parshus Matos that when they reached the other side of the Yardin, so Yair, the son of Menashe, called the town Chavos Yair. And they called it, I mean, the villages of Yair, and they called it the villages of Yair. Chavos Yair. But then Noivach called the town uh, Noivach after himself. He didn't add Chavos Novach, just Novach. And the Pasuk concludes, Vayikralo Noivach Bishmo. They called it after Noach his name. Because it was only one name, that's after Noach. Chavos Yair was not after Yair. It doesn't say, Chavos Yair Bishmo after him, because he added a name. Once you add a name, it's no longer the same name anymore. Now it's Chavos Yair. So, 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 so too, many uh, infer from here, they quote like that from the Chazanish too, that if you have two names, it's no longer the same name, which comes in handy for those who are careful not to marry um, 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 uh, a woman who has uh, the same name as your mother, and those who are careful about that, the, those who have different uh, you know, feelings about that, but there are those who are careful not to name uh, a girl who has the same name as one's mother, if there's a, a second name, you know, one is uh, Rachel, and one is Rachel Leah, 
So then those are two separate names. So then the Chazanish was willing to be Mako there, even for those who are mocked about this, that that's already considered to be, to be super, two separate names. However, there are indications of those uh, who disagree with that. That's uh, not the case. There's a famous Maestro, the Yamsha Shlomo quotes it, that he had a machlekes within his own family who to what to name his child because his I think his one one of his parents' names was uh, was Mayer and I think his his uh, his shver's name was uh, was uh, Uri. So Uri and Mayer they couldn't figure out what to do so he came up with a great idea. He named him Schneer. Why Mayer means light, Uri means light. So Schneer, that's where the name Schneer comes from. Schneer, that's how he named him Schneer. So that sounds like it was considered to be named after them, even though it was not, it was not the same name. Uh, the Das Academy Baliatosis over here, Oisirches, uh, says that uh, that Yosef named him Ephraim. The pasuk says Ki Ephraim Okim Be'aris on Ye. However, the Das Academy Baliatosis claims it was a combination of the two names of uh, of two. Uh, it was an allusion both to Avram and Yitzchak, because Avram calls himself Anochi Afer Va'efer, one Efer. Yitzchak, of course, had the Afro Shal Yitzchak, which is the Akedas Yitzchak underneath him is Be'ach. So there were two Afarim. So instead of Afarim, he called them Ephraim. And it sounds like that was somehow a Kiyum uh, in the name. In fact, when the Chazanish passed away, this Chaim Kenevsky says the stipler told them to name their daughter Elisheva because it has the uh, letters of Avram Yeshaya, somehow related. And that's which is a huge Chedish because you're jumping genders also. And he felt that there was somehow you know, a Zecher to the name of the Chazanish. So you see, even though it's not really exactly the same names, I think the difference is, when it's not really the same name. No one's going to say Ephraim is somehow named after Ephraim, uh, Avram and Yitzchak. No one's going to say Meir and Uri, you know, make up the name Schneer. It's a different name, but I think it's a Zecher to the name, and, you know, that how it somehow makes people happy or, you know, brings a Nachas Ruach to people within the family. But is it really halachically considered to be the same name? Uh, I don't think it's halachically considered to be the same name once you add a second, uh, once you add a second name. So if that's the case, if you're naming after someone, you should be careful to give, uh, and you want to evoke all, of the, that, that, all that that implies, you have to be careful to give both names. And if a person has a different name, then that would be considered to be a different name in Allah for all the other hakpadas that, uh, that come along with it. But if we're concerned with Shem Hashem Yerkov, as long as you add a name, that's no longer to be considered the same name, probably wouldn't run afoul of, the, of, that, uh, of that problem. Yeah. Is there any discussion about being born under a star? Like in the Mazalos? Yeah. No, it? people say Parsha, you want to name it after the Parsha. Chazanish felt that was a big idea. Uh, yeah. Or a time of the year. <clears throat> yeah. What yeah. about all. I never heard of Mazalos. Yeah. All, all the names that Zainbull, Lictionary, all these names that are cracked up. Yeah. Jewish. Uh, so Reb Chaim Knievsky is well known, and at times there's a whole book he has printed called. She- it's not him, obviously. But, uh, I mean, there are many names. So he calls Shemos Baretz, where they quote what we all know from just talking to people. Reb Chaim is very opposed to new names. That seems to be Reb Chaim's own position. There were others who were not as opposed to new names. And they asked Reb Chaim. So it's printed in the book, Shemos Baretz. They asked Reb Chaim, how can you be opposed to new names? You find new names throughout, uh, throughout, uh, throughout the Gemara, throughout the Yiddish, you know, Yiddish names are all new names. So this issue really goes back, of course, to the old issue in Parsha Shmois, which is that Kalei was only redeemed as a Medrashet Shaloshinu Hashemam, because we didn't change our names in the Mitzrayim. So Maram Shikim first from that, that uh, it's uh, obligatory for a Jew to have a Jewish name, because and to have a, a secular name is a violation of Chukasakum. You see, we only uh, were redeemed from Mitzrayim because we didn't change our names. And almost everyone disagrees with Maram Shikim, at least Meikar Adin. Uh, Ramosh has a true over here, Oyster Zion, that that was only because the only thing that, the, the, that defined us as a people was our culture in Mitzrayim. We didn't yet have the Torah. So names are critical in order to prevent us from assimilating to Egyptian culture. That's when names are critical. Maral makes a point also in the Gurus Hashem. 
But now that we have the Torah, so then well, Kaiso is defined by the Torah. That's what prevents us from assimilating. And the Jewish names are not necessarily an Easter of Kukasachim to take a Jewish. The Maram Sheikh, by the way, took this so far, even surnames. Surnames also are important, family names. So that's why he named himself a Jewish surname, which was Shik, Shem Yisrael Kaidish. He wouldn't even take a secular surname. Well, wow, that's, uh, that's far. But, but many assume that that's really not required, Me'ikar Adin. And Rabbi Yisrael brings many cases from the Gemara. You find people who had original names in the times of the Gemara. So they ask Rabbi how could he be opposed to a new name? He's opposed to Shira or, and, and Gila, my wife's name. Any name that's a new name, he's, uh, he's opposed to. They asked him, but in the Gemara we have new names. That's where Moshe makes the point. How can we oppose to secular names? In the Gemara we have secular names all over the place. So Reb Chaim explains, and I think this is what he means, and, I, I, and, and it fits into what we've been discussing. Reb Chaim explains, in the times of the Gemara, he said they could come up with new names not in our times. What does that mean? What, what, what I think he means is, is what we explained. A name puts a person on a certain path in life. It endows you with, you know, either through Ruach or because the name itself engenders certain kinds of activities, and therefore leads a person down a certain path in life. If you're named after the parents and great tzaddikim, you have a head start. So why would you start with, an, certainly a name, Rishon Yerkov, is certainly not advisable, Nimrod and all that. that that's a, a violation of the Gemara Masechus Yuma. But even to give a new name, even if it has a nice meaning, but if it's not named after someone else, you're starting from scratch. Why would you start from scratch when a person could start with a head, you know, with a trust fund of all that the name implies? Start with a head start in life. Why would you start with a new? I don't say I don't think Reb Chaim feels it's us, sir. But why would you put yourself or put a kid in a hole by having to make his own kind of legacy instead of starting with a with a, with a head start where he could you know push ahead in life based on uh, on the shoulders of great people? But just we'll conclude with an important medrash over here in Parshas Vayakel. Ois test. The medrash says that a person is given three names. One his parents give him, one his friends give him, one a person's name he acquires on his own. And of course, the name that he acquires on his own is, is the most important name, Toiv Shem Yishem and Toiv. Miyom HaMavis, Miyom Hivaldo. Now, a person's uh, name is better than fine oil. Why is it uh, compared? Why is the name compared to oil? So Medrash explains. Because a Kayin is Nimshech with Shem and Amishcha from his parents. Kayin takes over his role in the base HaMikdash by being anointed with oil. That's given to him by his parents. A Shem Toiv is what a person acquires on his, uh, on his own. When a person is born, he's given a name by his parents. At the person, the person at the end of his life, he's not called by the name his parents give him anymore. It's the name that a person acquires for himself, and that name is therefore is, uh, is preferable. So whatever name a person is given, a person always has Bechira to overcome that or to build on that and to even, uh, to, to even enhance it. But the name that he uh, makes for himself is more important than the name that his parents give him. Yeah. Well,